Hi, I'm Wyatt. And I'm Grace. And you're listening to Our Dad and your host of the Vacation Rental Revolution podcast. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of the Odyssey Vacation Rental Revolution podcast. I'm your host, Sean Moore, and we are back with another short-term rental investment story for you. I've got John and Laurie Hinshaw, and they are going to talk to us about their journey into short-term rental investing. So John and Laurie, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the Vacation Rental Revolution podcast. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yes, our pleasure. Absolutely. So I, I always like to like it, like these episodes are kind of the always the same where we just have a conversation about your journey into it. And I always before we hit record, I always say, is there anything that you do or don't want to talk about? And everybody always says, no, we're an open book. Let's talk about the the good, the bad, the ugly. So let's uh, let's rewind the clock a little bit because um, there's always challenges. Right. And, and it's I, my goal here is always with these podcasts and these interviews is or anything that we're doing coaching people is because there's always there's there's pros and cons in every asset class. And we're not here to tell you that short term rentals are always uh, it's always sunshine and rainbows and pots of gold at the end of the rainbow. Right. And so we want to talk about all of it. And so people can walk into this game with their eyes wide open. And so I'm really excited to hear about your guys' story of perseverance and walking through this process. But let's take us back. Tell us where you're from, kind of what pays the bills, and then what you got you interested into short-term rentals originally. Yeah, so uh, we are from the Pacific Northwest. Uh, both grew up in the Seattle area and uh, mostly for the past 25 years have called Boise, Idaho home. I've had a couple of side excursions, but this is where we call home. Uh, I've spent uh, my entire career working for suppliers to the building industry, building material suppliers. Uh, currently uh, hold an executive management position with a company that is locally uh, manufactures, distributes uh, all types of building materials for the primarily the residential and like commercial construction industry. Awesome. Laura, you, yeah. yeah, I do work, um, I, but I work from home. I work okay. for a property, an HOA property management company, and I work in accounting. So nice. that's what I so do. So not short-term rental HOA management, right? Right. Yeah. right. That's correct. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, so let's, uh, so let's d- d- dive into, we were talking a little bit off camera of kind of what got you interested in short-term rentals and tell us, you know, Boise area, we were talking about kind of the markets that you're attracted to. Tell us a little bit about what got you interested in short-term rentals. And, and really it was kind of more of the lifestyle asset um, uh, rather than just strictly as an investment, correct? Right. Yeah. So when we first moved to Southern Idaho, I mean, everybody learns about a cool mountain resort town that's a couple hours north of us, a uh, town by, by the name of McCall. It's it's kind of the Sun Valley of, of West Central Idaho. And uh, we always had a dream of owning a vacation home there, uh, but really never could see ourselves, you know, affording something like that. Um, but in 2000, I think it was 2007, uh, we bought into a fractional uh, vacation home. Uh, in that town. Um, for us, it was, it seemed like it was, it was at the time it really was, it was a good fit for uh, for us financially, as opposed to owning a home outright. Uh, and it gave us the amount of time that we felt like, you know, we could spend, you know, in a vacation home, because, you know, we were both, you know, working busy full-time people. Um, and that was uh Early 2008, when the Great Recession kind of came along, and uh, that was a about a 12, 14 year journey owning, you know, being a part of that had its ups and downs. But through all that, we just 
we loved we loved our time there. We loved the, the property that we had. We and we fell in love with that market. It's just a cool place. And uh, but long story, uh, the, the development and the other owners that we had in the homes that we were in ended up selling it. Uh, this was in 2020, so three years ago, mm-hmm. kind of right before the market went nuts. <laughs> yeah, up there, and we left that home and started to sit back and think, okay, what's our next move? You know, in that market to own a vacation home of our own someday. Nice. So you, uh, when you decided, like that was in 2020, a uh, kind of bad timing. If it was early 20 2020 when you sold, right? Uh, yeah got out of that one but but that's okay we we don't always time markets correctly right i've I've had in in hindsight i wish i had bought out that home that we were in uh but honestly you know i didn't know then that you could do 10 percent second home loans right 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 now and 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 we have to you know things happen for a reason we we learn along the way sometimes the those learning um those learning lessons can be expensive and uh just not knowing right and so it's not, so when you did sell that, did you immediately, were you guys talking to each other like, hey, how, how do we get back into this? Take us through that, that process. Were you both on board? Laurie, were you, were you as, as um, you know, really, were you having that seller's remorse and saying, hey, we really, we were really missing this Catman. What, what can we do to make this happen again? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, we love the area. So we definitely missed, um, yeah, we missed an opportunity there, but so we were trying to think of ways we can, what can we do? Where can we go? And and then John, I'll let him start it, but that's how we got involved yeah, I mean, with Odyssey. Well, yeah. we, we really thought, you know, again, that, that particular point in time, we sold the house and then the market went nuts and we were quickly, you know, going to get, you know, appeared like we were going to get priced out of that market and the dream was dead, yeah. to be honest with yeah. you. And uh I think it was about a year and a half later, uh, I, I saw a Facebook ad about Odyssey and started checking it out. Yeah. Um, actually didn't, uh, you know, join right away. I think my first call was with uh, Amy Stevens. Yeah. And I told, I, I was in the middle of another um, property that I own that I was uh, invested in that I was in the process of closing. And she said, well, why don't you wait until you're done with that and call us back? Yeah. And let's, uh, she, let's wrap one thing up before we jump into another, she, right? She was really smart in doing that. <laughs> yeah. Doing that. Yeah. Uh, but we, um, you know, and I was familiar with the vacation rental market up there um, because the property manager that we had in this fractional home, you know, I, I'd gotten to know pretty well. And, and after seeing your, um, pr- you know, presentation, it dawned on us, you know, we might be able to do this. Uh, we could own a property up there and get other people to help pay for it. Yeah. And honestly, that was our goal. Yeah. (laughs) Right. And that's, that's important goal to bring up. Like we were talking about uh, knowing what your property goals are, knowing what type of a buyer you are. Hey, we're a lifestyle buyer. We would love to own a cabin up in the mountains. Again, it's a market. Those of you that are listening, maybe you're familiar, maybe you're not. Most of the Intermountain West is it's very difficult to make a lot of money on these properties because they're super expensive markets to get into versus the revenue they generate. They're typically pretty seasonal because of the because of the winters that we have out here, and uh, and so it's it they're markets that a break even property is a good deal a lot of times, and and it allows you to buy properties that you can use. And if that's not your goal, that's okay. But you guys are saying, hey, listen, we wanted to we wanted to get into a market that we're really starting to get priced out of. 
but we have the potential to be able to get a property and have other people help pay for it. And then we still end up having our, our mountain, you know, cabin in that we can go visit and, and be able to enjoy those, you know, the, I mean, and these are beautiful areas I've spent, I was telling John Alari, I've spent a lot of time in these in, in McCall and where you guys ended up ultimately buying, which is a little South of McCall, beautiful, beautiful areas. And it's important to understand that what are your property goals? And sometimes those property goals are just being able to find a property that we can use that gets paid for, right? Yep. So, so that when you were, when you decided to jump in, you were starting to still look at McCall, correct? Yes. Yeah. So we started the course and started our search and that was our original target market. And I was on listing sites every day, you know, trying to see what was coming up. Um, it was a waste of time to talk to a realtor at that point. Yeah. yeah. Um, and just looking, seeing what was coming up, what was new, what was hanging around. And, you know, again, was same old problem, you know, quickly learned that we were getting priced out of that market. Um, I mean, it was absolutely insane. I mean, people bringing suitcases of cash, buying stuff sight unseen, no inspections, rubber stamped appraisals. Um, you know, I, I, I told you a little story about we looked at this really small house. It was this we made one offer on another house. I mean, you hear about all these people making multiple offers. As many times, this is two hours away. So I'm not driving up there every time, you know, a house comes up. Right. I got it. You know, the one, one time I did do that where a realtor didn't preview the house first, went up and looked at it, drove all the way up there. It was a complete dump for the, for the amount of money that they were asking for it. And I said, okay, I got to, I got to change how I'm doing this. And, um, but I just was on listing sites every day looking and um, was really not coming, made one offer on one house. It was a two bedroom, one bath, less than a thousand square feet on zero lot and parking for two cars maybe. Mm -hmm. And they wanted more than a half a million dollars for it. Yeah. And I mean, and it was an active short-term rental. Uh, it was one of those, and the occupancy on it was was off the charts. I mean, my my realtor didn't believe me when I I told her the occupancy on the thing was ninety percent, but it was so small. It didn't have any internet. The daily rate on the thing was one hundred and twenty dollars. Well, it was the gross rental on it was maybe four hundred thousand forty thousand dollars on a half a million dollar house. Yeah. It doesn't pencil. It's yeah, it's losing money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we made a lowball offer, got laughed at. <laughs> um, and so we, that's when we, we kind of changed our search area to this area that's uh, south of there out. that's a little bit more rural. Uh, but like you said, it's still in a great location. It's, it's very close to a, uh, an up and coming destination ski resort that fell on hard times, you know, yeah. during the great recession, it's making a comeback now. Um, prices were, were better there, but pickings were still, you know, pretty slim. I mean, I was even stomping around every lot I could see, find up there to see. I got to figure out how do I get in this game, even if I had to build it. Yeah. Um, and then this property came up, and this was like mid summer, mid July of uh, 2021. So coming up almost two years ago, it was still way over our budget, and it was a lot bigger than what we really had originally envisioned. I mean, it was four bedrooms, four baths on a third of an acre. Um, and, uh, but I kept watching it because it, it had come on market. It went under contract and, and went back on market a couple different times. 
uh, and that took a couple of months. And now it's getting to be October and winter's, you know, starting to close in. Yeah. And that's when I finally went and looked at it. <laughs> and it was a cool rustic log cabin that fit the vibe that we wanted. Um, but it was dated and it needed, uh, it needed some remodel just to make it functional for a short-term rental. Uh, things like bathroom, a full one, one full bathroom remodel, remodeled, full remodel the kitchen, you know, added a deck and a hot tub that it didn't have. Uh, and before, and I looked over every square inch of that house trying to figure out what were these other buyers spooked by. Right. Uh, I mean, every square inch of the crawl space, where's the water intrusion, you know, whatever it is, because yeah. I'm not going to get the, 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 the thing inspected either. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you, um, when I'm curious, when you guys decided to move, move markets, was that, did it feel like it took any wind out of your cells or were you guys, Hey, we really like this market too. I know sometimes when we have our, when we have our site set, especially as a lifestyle asset buyer and we're buying it to use it. And we have a, our site set on a specific market that we really love when we have to move a little bit. Sometimes, sometimes we lose a little steam and we get a little discouraged. I'm curious, were you guys in that, in that situation at all? Or were you just like, Hey, listen, we're, we're okay moving. And, and we like this market just as much. Uh, I think the, the thing that was a little concerning was, uh, yeah, it, it was not right in the hub of where all the activity is. Yeah. Uh, you know, the nearest grocery store is 15 miles away. Uh, how would that impact, you know, the numbers? How would that impact yeah. the rentals? Uh, but, you know, moving south actually, you know, had some some blessings there. It moved us really right in the heart of what's known as Valley County up there. Yeah. Uh, where you've got, I mean, it's a different lake, but there's another lake right there um that and it ends up being at a place that is more rural more quiet if somebody's just wanting to get away and not be in the bustle of of a of a busy resort town that is the sweet spot for them it's perfect yeah and it's actually a little closer and easier to get to outside from boise right because you're you're actually closer to boise so you get closer yeah yeah so so, which is, which is really the, where most people are coming from to visit yeah. these areas. Right. And so, yeah. Mm-hmm. so yeah, it's, it's interesting because it actually gets you a little bit closer to where people are driving from. Yeah. It's 20 minutes closer. And, you yeah. know, the reality is, I mean, the other places that are around there, I mean, McCall is still a 15 minute drive. It's not, yeah. it's not crazy. You say, if you want to go to the grocery store, you're going to McCall anyway. So. Right. Right. Yeah. You're, you're going up there anyway. And yeah. it's, uh, and, and, and I remember when you were, when you were kind of looking at this property, it was going into the slower season. Right. And that was, you know, that's always a concern. People always, you know, think, wonder, okay, you know, what you, I, I'm, it, I mean, I'm just finished my busy season. People just backed out. So you got some doubts in the back of your mind. Like, what did, what did I miss on the inspection? What did, why did they leave? And, and I'm interested in it. I'm going into the slow season. So there's some things in the back of your minds probably thinking, okay, do we really want to move forward here? Right. And, um, and there's, there's also, I always think there's benefits of, of moving forward in the, in the slow beef, right. Going into the slow season, especially when you mentioned you have things to do, right. Because you don't have that pressure of, holy crap, I'm losing out on a ton of revenue while I'm getting this stuff done. And, and we had those conversations as well. What are some of the other the, kind of the, I mean, as that you're buying that first one and you're deciding whether to make the offers, what are some of the other things going through your head and that you're really concerned about? Go ahead. Well, you know, yeah. you know, besides, you know, going into this house with no inspection and trying and that a couple of buyers have been spooked already. I mean, I did as much of the due diligence, you know, as I could to, to make sure that I wasn't, you know, that, that what we're 
what we ended up buying and what we could turn it into was going to be what you know we wanted the end result vision to be. And uh, and I didn't see anything that I couldn't deal with. Uh, so that's when we decided to make an offer. Um, yeah. You know, and we also we also wrote a letter to the to the sellers, you know, telling them why we wanted the house and not not because we were trying to make a short term rental out of it. it was, you know, this was a, a vacation home, a dream of right. ours and our family. And uh, we also explained, you know, why we needed to be at a certain price point. Yeah. Um, one of the factors at that particular time was at what they're asking for. You know, we would have been in kind of jumble owned territory, which would have gotten you know way more expensive. Right. Um, so, and they accepted it. <laughs> I mean, we kept, we counted a little bit, but it wasn't a, a ton, but, uh, we accepted it and we were scheduled to close, um, right before Christmas. And, uh, the next trepidation we had then was then I ended up getting a health scare and, uh, required some tests that were uh, going to take about a month to get some re- to even get in and and get done and and get some results and I remember talking to you about it then yeah um, Lori she was like what it's a you- sign it's a sign that we we can't go forward with this I mean let's we just back out let's back out you're more important yeah. than getting this house so. yeah so yeah. how we what well, yeah take us through that yeah well you know we called the realtor to to tell him we needed to back out. Yeah. And, but the sellers ended up being really cool. Um, they wanted us to have, the they house. wanted us to have the house. They were willing to extend the closing date a couple of months. It assured us we'd get our earnest money back if something fell through. And uh, yeah, they were just super nice people about it. Um, and so that's what we did. My test came out fine and we closed on it in February of last year. And, and then the real adventure started. Then, then, yeah, then, then the work started, right? We thought, we thought that we thought you were going through an adventure. It wasn't, wasn't quite. You didn't know what you were starting, right? Yeah. Right. But yeah, it's it's great to hear that the, uh, you know, the test came back positive and every, you know, everything was good and you know, and so we were um, able to move forward. And it was nice. I remember having those conversations with you at that time, and it was it was nice that the sellers would say, "Hey, listen, go go figure it out." Yeah, like you said, you're you're more important than this house right now. Go go make sure that everything works out. And um, it, it always is nice to be able to work with people like that. And I think, like you guys said, they having that personal connection in the front end when you're making offers and and negotiating that stuff makes a big deal, you know, and, and you don't know when it's going to kick in. And that's a, that's a good example of not something that happens all the time, but it's, it's a, it's nice to be able to work together through that. And so, so now the adventure does start. So was that, that was in February. So we're still, still middle of the winter up there. Um, you know, smack dab in the middle of the winter. It sounds like there were some things that you were, you guys planned on doing, so take us through the the real start of the adventure now. Yeah. So even before then, when I first started looking at it in the fall, um, I brought a contractor with me to you know look at the scope of the remodel. You know we wanted to complete uh, because of the industry I'm in. Uh, I was able to supply a lot of the materials you know, myself, and he was going to provide the labor and then some subs that you know I things that I don't do electrical plumbing things yeah. like that. Um, and based on my experience, I figured the labor, you know, cost was going to be, I don't know, around $60,000 and we'd probably be in this a hundred thousand all in. Um, he played around with the thing for a couple of months. The contractor ended up getting COVID, um, literally from the time we 
you know, we're under contract with the house to now we're into first part of January. We're a month before it closes. He comes back and tells me that uh, his labor price is $278,000. Close. He, I guess he was he was really close, but just a little <laughs> off. <laughs> I am not kidding. I have no idea what planet he was on. I mean, obviously wow. he really didn't want the work. But so, you know, here we are a month before closing and I've got no contractor. And um, so, and, you know, and all the contractors that I knew as connected as I am in the industry, they have a backlog of work for two years. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I did end up hiring uh, th the first three months. I ended up hiring two contractors, fired them both for non-performance. <laughs> um, one of them I fired twice, long yeah. story, but he had some of my money that I needed to get yeah. from him on the back end. Um, still failed. Um, and I mean, they're just not showing up and the clock was ticking mm -hmm. and, you know, by late spring, uh, I, I figured a project that should took, should take three months, you know, we would still, you know, get it ready to go, you know, by summer, but by late spring, I knew we had just lost the summer season. Yeah. And, uh, I scrambled to, I didn't want to be my own general contractor. Didn't have the time. It's too far away. Um, not that I couldn't, I mean, I'm capable of that, but, um, but ended up scrambling, finding subs, you know, anywhere I could. Some led me to others uh, that, that helped out a lot. Uh, I mean, I literally found a plumber sitting at the bar at the local restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> as, as connected as you are, that's where they come from, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And even some of the subs I did find, I mean, there are endless no-shows, no-calls, yeah. some that literally walked off and just ghosted me at the end, and I ended up having to, so, long, I mean, I ended up doing way more of the work than I had planned. Uh, I mean, I was there, I didn't, I, I did not miss a weekend. It, it took us eight months, What should have took, I thought three took us eight. Right. And I didn't miss a weekend. I mean, I drove up and I was working 30 hour day or 30 hours in, in two days on the weekends. And it's 180 miles round trip. And I figured I logged, you know, over 8,000 miles driving up and down that mountain road wow. every weekend. And then some, you know, there's also yeah. times vacation uh, and we cut it right to the end. Yeah. Um, I, uh, yeah, it was mentally and physically, you know, Exhausting. One of the hardest, it was exhausting. One of the hardest right. things I've ever done. It's, and I've been around and, and I've seen a lot and done a lot. Right. Um, it's uh, when you tell that, like I, it's one of the biggest lessons that we've seen over the last few years with when you're buying properties in these remote locations. Uh, in fact, I was just having a conversation with our designer, Mike Whitfield, about it yesterday. We were saying, you really, really have to have good contacts, good contractors, and you have to have about three of them because the ones you think are, are good, you, they might not turn out to be as good as you thought because okay. as much as you want to add the value and, you know, inventory is still super low. And it's like, it's the only way we're getting these properties. But when you talk about a three month to an eight month, it's not only that extra time, it's you're paying bills the whole time, first of all. Yeah. Yep. You're also not making any income. And in a mountain town like this, you lose that those that summer season, that's 80% of your revenue for the year, right? Yeah. And mm -hmm. so you really, you really have a whole year of no revenue. And when you don't budget for that and you don't plan for that, 
and something like that happens, that can be really stressful. So yeah, when you're, when you talk about like, I mean, it's not just, yeah, we had to battle through eight months of this and driving up and down financially, it's a strain because we're not, we weren't planning on that. Right. We wouldn't, we're planning on that three months. And then we're planning on maybe another two or three of reserves to pay bills while we're launching a property, not eight months. And then that the, the launch, right. Yeah. And then, then going way over budget on what you thought you were going to yeah. think too. Yeah. 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 And then while, while I'm doing this, you know, Lori's just going crazy sourcing. I mean, we, the house came furnished, but we pretty much took everything pretty out of it, everything. started over. Yeah. Yeah. And Lori was the one that was behind all that. So that's, that, and that's a whole nother project, right, Lori? Right. That's oh, yeah. not, that's totally different than the construction side of it, where now we're getting involved in like, yeah, the setup and the design and what we're going to have to make sure this, this experience is great for our guests and getting these properties, the property ready to go while you're under the gun, because you can't really do any of that until the property's kind of put together and ready to go. You can do it. You can try to plan it out as much as possible. But there's certain things that have to, the house has to be ready for, right? Right, right. And so um, did you just kind of piece it together yourself? Did you have help with that? How did you, how did that process go? I, I mean, I did a lot of it myself, but we did hook up with Mike Woodfield as far as, um, you know, creating an adventure. Okay. The experience. The experience yeah. of, you know, staying at our place. Um, he did <clears throat> help us with some um, artwork and yeah. he led us to, uh, I can't remember the guy's name, that got us some blinds. And mm-hmm. um, I mean, he was a big help in that, but I spent hundreds of hours online yeah. looking for furniture and whatever I could find that'll work. Yeah. Yeah, we're buying it. We're putting it in storage to your point. You know, we got no place to put it until the house is done. So it's in storage. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So when it, so this is February-ish, we're getting to the end of now 20, I mean, was that the end of 2022 that we're starting to get to the end of? Yeah. 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 And so when did you, did you actually launch it then? What, What was the launch date for you guys? Yeah. So we finally went live last November. Okay. Yeah. I mean, literally, I was working on the house the last weekend, and we had guests coming in on Monday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Because <laughs> um, it was live. It was yeah. And um, you know, we did not want to miss the holiday season. I mean, right. By right. you know, absolutely. You know, we got to do whatever whatever it takes get this thing ready to go and launch. You know, because even once you get it, once you get it furnished and everything, you still got pictures. You still right. got. You still got to get your listing up. You still got to get the property manager on board to get all that done. And uh, so it was, you know, a scramble to the end there to get it ready for the holidays. And then, so when you did launch it, how did the launch go for the holidays? Were, did you uh, did you have a good holiday season? Yeah, it booked right away for uh, Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving, Christmas, Christmas. New Year's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then... It was a little slow to start and then boom. I mean, we, we were booked through the holidays and we were booked every weekend through the middle of March. It was at the ski season. Are people going up there to ski at the, yeah. 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 Uh, awesome. Yeah. So it's uh, and now you've got the kind of the melt off where it's probably a little bit slow, right? The kind of the, the resorts are starting to shut down and it's not quite summertime up there yet. Right. Right. Surprisingly though, I mean, we're, we're 50% booked in this month in May. In are sure, you really? In sure yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. 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 That's uh that's a good, that's really good for a mountain, a mountain area. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, our, our property, man, we have a full service uh, property manager and, 
you know, they're blown away by how well it's done. <laughs> it's awesome. So, so a lot of the, you know, a lot of hard work, a lot of, you know, perseverance through that, the construction, the setup, everything else, and then the launch phase, right? Let's talk about a little bit on the launch because the launches, even though like, yeah, it booked right away. It sounds like, you know, everything is great. People are loving the property. It's, it's doing well as far as getting bookings and everything, but there's always that learning curve with working with new property managers and trying to figure out how to fit into their system and how we want them to work with our our properties to maximize and things like that. Talk to us about a little bit about that kind of relationship um, because I'm a big proponent of full service property managers. People who listen to me hear that all the time, but it it it's a it's a learning curve, right? It's like it's like trying to figure out how this relationship is going to go and uh, and and try to figure it out. And we're still kind of in the beginning stages of that, trying to figure out if it's the if it's going to be the right you know the right fit. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's always I think it's always a work in progress with a property yeah. manager. Um, you know, the good news about us is we were friends uh, with the property manager before, so we already had a relationship uh, with her company. Mm-hmm. Um, but even that it's, um, you know, the term I used earlier was you still have to inspect what you expect of your property manager. Yeah. And that's always kind of a, a little bit of a a constant push and pull with them. Um, and I don't know that that's ever going to stop. Yeah. (laughs) I, I, I would say, I don't know that it does either. Honestly, it's, um, I've been doing this for a long time and I can count on one hand, how many property management relationships I have that I just don't even have to worry about anything. Right. And, and so it's constantly, it's just like any other relationship. I'm going to do things that are going to bug them and they're going to do things that are going to bug me. And we try to figure it out and work together to where it's good for everybody and that it works. Um, Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. And we have to move on if that's, if that's not the case, but it is, you're still definitely those first few months, you're still figuring each other out. Right. And that's not always easy in in any new relationship. And like you said, you already know them, but you haven't worked together yet. And this is the first time working together. And this is your guys's baby, right? This is you, you've put, you know, blood, sweat, tears, time, effort, money, everything you can imagine into this property for the last year almost now and, and going through this process. And they have, it's one of their pro- properties, right? It's one of many with, with property managers. So sometimes it's as owners, we, you know, it's hard because we're like, man, this is, this is ours. You know, we want to maximize it. We want you to do this, this, and this. And for their standpoint, um, on the other side of the coin, it's okay. This is part of our portfolio. We might have a lot of properties and, and we're going to do certain things. And we try to figure out how that relationship goes. And it's always a, like you said, it is a give and take. And I don't know that that dance ever stops. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've had to um, take pictures of how I want the beds made. Yeah. And so they have a, a notebook with all of our pictures. Like, so the housekeeper can refer to this is how the owner wants the beds made. And I mean, yeah. it's, just those things. <laughs> yeah. Once you get it, once you get that stuff done though, Laurie, and it, it, when it does make it easier, I'm, I'm a huge, I, I'm a huge fan of just taking pictures, how I want stuff set up. We take right. pictures of our welcome basket. We take pictures of our bedrooms. We take pictures of where basically every part of the property that we, how we want it set up. And I think it makes it easier because you, you guys have already experienced this cleaners come and go, and they're really the ones setting the property up. And mm-hmm. so you know, you many times we're not so lucky to have a cleaner that's always there for the last three years and they know exactly what we want, right? So pictures are, are a big help for them. And right. sometimes it seems like, oh man, we're being so picky as as owners. Really, it should make their jobs a little, a little bit easier. And so going through that. 
Have you guys been able to enjoy the property? Well, you know, we bought it as kind of a second home. Have you been able to have it, it, any fun at it since you've uh, launched it and been able to use it with friends, family, yourselves? Well, we not a whole lot. Not a whole lot. <laughs> we actually didn't want to go up for a while. We just kind of wanted to just decompress. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and but yes, we've gone up a few times and enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, that's good. And I think that that will that will increase now as the as the you know a little time and, and get goes between that you know that stressful eight months that we went right. through. Um, I, I remember when I, I used to play college basketball, and it was always. I mean, you played every day, all day, every day. Finally, when I graduated, I was just like, okay, I don't even want to touch a basketball. I didn't touch it for a year and a half, two years. I was just like, I don't want to, I want to see a gym. I don't want to do anything. Right. But now it's like, I, I, you start to miss it again. Right. It's, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's a reason why we went down that road. And so I'm, I'm excited for you guys, hopefully to be able to use it a little bit as well as, right. as, you know, get, get into the summer. Um, such a beautiful area of the country for sure. And so, and that's ultimately what the property goal was. And I, I can 100% appreciate when you go through that uh, that long of a process of of dealing with all of that that you're saying okay we just want to just let somebody else deal with it for a minute we just don't right. I don't want to drive up that canyon one more time I don't I don't yeah. want to you know um, that that will come back though that's that's short lived yeah. yeah it's true yeah so as you so we shared a, a number of different lessons through that and I think it, it, and I want to just kind of reiterate that one big one is. When you buy a property, if you're thinking about buying these properties in these rural areas, even though you might have all the experience in the world at, at value add properties and adding, you know, doing construction or understanding that game, if you're not there and you don't have a, and most of these markets, there's not a big network of contractors, frankly. And, and so they're traveling sometimes and not everybody wants to travel, especially when they've got business right outside the back door and they don't need to, they've got, like you said, they have two years worth of work. That's been the case for a long time. So if you're thinking about buying properties in these areas, you want to double, triple, quadruple check that you've got the right team to be able to make make sure that you can get through that project because it can turn overwhelming really, really quickly, right? Yeah. Yeah. Fortunately, I've acquired enough of the skill sets in my career to uh, be able to do a lot of what I did. But yeah, yeah. Wasn't what I planned, and I don't recommend it to most. Yeah, and, and you were lucky that you did have those skill sets. There's people that dive into it that don't, frankly, have the skill sets, and they have to get the the professionals to help them. They don't have the option to go do what you did and be able to really, you know, bring it to completion. And so that's a that's a huge lesson. What are some of the? Are there any other? You know, if if you could go back to yourself, you know, two years ago and say, okay, before you do this here's what you need to know and here's what you need to you need to be aware of and make sure that you're that you're walking into this with your eyes wide open and you know is that the road you want to run down what would you what would that list look like if you could go have that conversation with yourselves two years ago uh i think uh you know one first of all i kind of went into it with a real estate investor mindset as mm-hmm. well as you know owning our own property, trying to find something that, you know, not only fit our budget, but I felt like I was getting a good deal on, you know, yeah. and that's hard to do in, in, you know, that kind of, you know, forensic market. Yeah. Um, but knowing what I know today, I would have paid a lot more for something up front yeah. uh, that was ready to go instead of go what, instead of going through what we went through. Yeah. Yeah. Great, great point. Because there's that, there's always, 
yeah, you're, we're looking at that bottom line number and it, we have to look at, okay, what's our, what's our, that, that bottom line number after everything's done of what we want to do. Right. And, and time has to be a part of that. Right. Yeah. Laurie, what, what about you? Anything that comes to mind that you would tell yourself before going into this? Um, oh boy. Um, well, kind of, you touched on it. I mean, make sure that we have people in place, uh, contractors, subcontractors, um, all in to help out. I mean, that w- that's, was our biggest obstacle, I, I believe. And that's why it took the eight months was just yeah. have those people in place. I mean, John was a lifesaver. He was amazing on how much he could do yeah. and what he did. And I think some of the things that we learned uh, through, you know, the course and through the people, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I'll tell everybody out there, the community that you have, you know, online, huge support yeah. when it came just to keep taking one step, putting it in front of the other. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I appreciate you saying that. I can't, I can't say enough about our community either. I always tell people, you know, we've got the the coaching and the course and everything else, the most valuable asset we have is our community because we yeah. can all, we can all, you know, you're, you're surrounding yourself with other people running down a similar road, maybe have been through some of the things, but you, you know, sometimes you just need that encouragement to say, listen, don't, don't look too far down the road. Let's just put one foot in front today. And even the tools that we know about today that, you know, we didn't know when we started things like, Oh, Matterport, you know, yeah. 3d renderings of a house, you know, doing that before you do a remodel yeah. so that, you know, all the dimensions, you know, how all the furniture is going to fit, you know, um, all those things going in so that, it, you know, you're not guessing and always having to go back and remeasure, remeasure and oh, that couch didn't fit that we just bought, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's uh, I'll tell you Matterport on the, a lot of people think about it on the back end for the marketing walkthroughs of the properties, mm-hmm. but I, I find it 100% the most valuable on the, on, on the front end because exactly. of the measurements and the staging and design and make sure things fit. And it makes a huge difference when you're not at the property all the time. Yeah. I didn't even know what Matterport was before, yeah. before Bodicey. So. Right. Good. <laughs> yeah. Re- really helpful. So, so we got, we, you got through it. We haven't, we, we're, we're still in that stage of saying, oh, I, I'm, I'm not sure when I'm going to go back to it yet and, and go actually enjoy it. But uh, that, I think that's coming, but you've got your property. You've got the mountain property again, right? You own it. You're not sharing it with a bunch of other people um, as far as fractional and things like that. But if you right. had to go back and you know, you know how hard it's going to be now, would you tell yourself to do it? Or would you say, we're going to wait it out? Uh, today I would say I would wait it out. Um, I mean, there are so many times I asked myself, what was I thinking? Right. Throughout, <laughs> throughout that whole process. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, now at the end, you know, you look back and, and we see what we created and we see how much, you know, the, the, the success that is having that obviously other people are enjoying it. I mean, there's a level of satisfaction in that as well, that, um, uh, I'm not sure it would change my mind. Again, if I were to do it again, I would be, I, I would not, I would not get into a remodel. A remodel. Yeah. But are you, are you, would you do it again? Where you, where you, if you could have the, own the property and you're saying, okay, that we're, we're happy with where it turned out and how it's performing now and what we're, you know, we're excited for the future. Is it something that you're saying, man, I just don't know. I don't know that this is the, this is the road that we want to keep running down. I, I don't know. I mean, you know, we're still not even through our first full year yet. Yeah. And honestly, I can't even tell you, you know, if it's if it's going to break even or not. Right. 
Um, but you know, we're in it for you know the long haul as as best we can. Yeah. Uh, you know, hopefully it does, and or 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 it comes close to where. But it, you know, if we fall short of that, might be okay. If we fall way short of that, I don't know. We don't know. Right. Right. So it matters on the numbers, right? And we're, yeah. we haven't we haven't seen them yet. We had a good launch. We haven't had a busy, we haven't had a peak season yet. You know, we had a good launch through the holidays and the winter, but really your, you know, a lot of your revenue is going to come from this summer, going into this summer and seeing how it goes. So yeah, absolutely fair enough question or or fair answer to say, we don't know yet, right? It depends on how it performs. And, and now we need to see we're, we're done with the, not, you're not done with the work, right? There's still going to be things you're doing and making sure that we're you're still in that launch phase, right? That launch year. I always say you, your, your first 12 to 18 months of actually being live are really what determines how this property is going to perform. And we haven't, you know, we're just barely getting into that. Laurie, what about you? What how what would you say um to yourself about going back and would you do it again? My first instinct would say no. But if we, I was to do it again, um, definitely I would not want to go through the remodel. Buy something that very little paint, maybe, you know, just very little maintenance for that. Yeah. Look, look for more of a turnkey property. Absolutely. That, yeah. 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 That, that just, that was, that overwhelm was a lot, right? It and was. it's, and it's not like, you, like we said, it's overwhelm on a lot of fronts and it can put you in a, like financially, time-wise, I mean, you probably didn't plan on every single weekend driving up there and having to do all that stuff, right? So you're putting a lot of other things on hold. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, and I, and it's it's very similar to conversation that Mike and I were having just yesterday and, and just saying, man, it's any time that I'm talking to anybody right now that is walking into a major remodel in a remote area that they're not close to, I'm always... Like I, I'm just saying, hey, I, that's not what I would do right now. And and you're, it's because I've had and heard so many stories like that. That that is, it's a, it it puts yourself in a position that's really really tough. And so, I mean, and that, and I, you guys have to take, you know, give yourself credit for getting through that, right? There's a lot of grit and determination, resiliency that that goes into that. So you, there's going to be a point where you're going to look back and you should be proud of that as well and say, hey, listen, we we were able to get through that. And that was really difficult. A lot of people would have thrown in the towel and not actually brought it to completion. And like you said, uh, where you're, you're in it for the long haul. So it's, uh, you know, and, and seeing how it turns out and being able to get it performing and, and turn it into the lifestyle asset that you guys hoped it would be. I have high hopes for it. I, I really, uh, I think you're in a great area. Um, the property turned out amazing as we always do. We, we'll, those of you that are listening, you can check out the show notes and we post the property so you can go check out and see what John and Laurie did um, with this property and and the area go, you know, if you're ever in the area to visit, um, it's one of my favorite areas to visit. And so a uh, beautiful area of the country. And so you guys did an amazing job with the property and should you should be proud of that as well because it wasn't easy to get it there. But, we are. I'm I'm very proud. Yeah, of it. we are. <laughs> We're very proud of it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Good. 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 I'm glad to hear that. So so we'll we'll wrap this episode up, you guys. As always, I always really really appreciate always just having these conversations, really candid, upfront, letting people know here's you know the good, the bad, the ugly of short term rental investing, and some of the things that we can avoid if we are going to get into it. And so I'm always very very appreciative of you guys spending your time with us and with our listeners and sharing that story. Sometimes it's, you know, we always, it's sometimes hard to share some of the hard stories, right? And so I always, I'm always very appreciative of people doing that and, and being able to come share it with other people that are listening with us. So thank you guys for joining us today. 
Yeah, thanks for having Thank us. You. Appreciate it, Sean. Yep, absolutely. And those of you listening, we know how valuable your time is as well. And so we always appreciate you spending it with us. And I always leave you with one challenge at the end of every episode, and that is to go pick one thing that you can do today to start building that life that you don't want to take a vacation from. Cheers, my friends. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the Vacation Rental Revolution podcast. Share this with other people you think need to hear about it. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. Hey, Grace, is there a website? Yes! For more amazing content and expert advice, visit bodicey.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode.